Today, we serve the tea on elemental energy and how we can use it to create magic in our art, our businesses, and our lives. Welcome to Starlight Tea, where we're serving the tea for living a magically creative life. I'm Christy Cook. And I'm Belinda Boring. Starlight Tea Podcast, a member of the Once Upon a Podcast Network, is brought to you by Of Starlight and Moonbeams a team of authors and creators who support, educate, and create community with other women creatives and solopreneurs, helping us all keep our cups filled so we never serve from an empty one. To receive notifications of new episodes, plus a free subscription to our monthly Moonbeams magazine, as well as other exclusive gifts and offerings, be sure to join our email list at starlightandmoonbeams.com. Hey, Belinda, what's in your cup this week? Well, physically, I'm drinking water today, which feels really good in my body from all the working out that I've done out in my garden. So it's been really good to hydrate. In my life cup, uh, you actually inspired me this week to, uh, with you talking about Heather Ash Amara's Warrior Goddess training book. So I started to read it and I'm really enjoying what I'm, uh, I'm seeing so far. And I was on Facebook and another book ad caught my eye. So I started reading a book called Awakening Astrology by Molly McCord. And it looks at the five astrological signs that can help you better understand yourself. And so even though I know about astrology and I know the basics of my birth chart, I enjoyed, obviously, I went straight to what mine was. I looked up my birth chart. I looked at which each, each one was. And I really, oh, it was very insightful. Like, for example, my Mars is in Cancer, and it says that those with that same position, they need to move emotional energy on a daily basis. And so it says that it's important when you're feeling moody or excited or when you start feeling all this energy sweep through you, you're supposed to move it through your physical body. That's how you're supposed to um, process it. And, and release it so that you don't get stuck or blocked or backed up. And so that made total sense because I often feel so much better when I'm out moving and that's how I work through things. So I just, I thought it was insightful and that's something that I'm a lot more mindful now when I'm doing things. And so what about you, Christy? What's in your cup this week? Oh, first I want to say this, that is just one reason why I, I'm so into astrology. I used to not believe it because I'm a Leo and I never thought myself as a typical Leo. Then it was like, oh, you read the horoscopes and that could apply to anybody. You know, they're always so general. But the more I dig into astrology, the more I learn about it and how it is so telling and you and it helps you in that way. You know, like, okay, so now, you know, when you're feeling emotionally built up, you need to get out and move around. And, you know, what a difference that can make in your life. So that's really cool. I'm going to have to check out that book now. Okay, so my physical cup, I am drinking Celsius vitamin water. 
because I drink water all day long and that's okay, but sometimes I need a little bit of a change in my flavor. So I drink the cranberry lemon, which is really good. And it's also a, it helps your metabolism and boost your energy, which I always need. So that's what's in my physical cup. In my life cut, besides the normal magazine and daily work and everything, I am starting to dig into the creator, destroyer, preserver, feminine archetype, which is perfectly represented by the Hindu goddess Kali Ma, which you might have heard of. And she's, Kali is often misunderstood because she's usually depicted with blue skin, a sword in one of her forehands, a man's severed head in another, <laughs> and her tongue thrust out of her mouth in this angry, wild, violent expression. But she is so much more than that. And in some ways, she's considered one of the most compassionate goddesses. She oh, wow. is are freer. She frees us from the chains that bind us. So I'm just getting started with learning about her and this archetype of the creator, destroyer, preserver. Um, but I'm really excited about it because it, it can be freeing. Um, so that's what is going on in my life right now. I love that. Like, yeah, when you started to describe her, I'm like, I remember seeing countless images exactly like that. And she comes across scary. So I, I love that you brought up that she's considered probably one of the most compassionate. And so I'm, I can't wait to hear what you learn. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And I'll definitely be sharing. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this week we are shining the starlight on Beltane, and we wanted to announce that we have a, our very first bonus episode coming up, which is all about Beltane, and hopefully it'll give you some insight on how to celebrate and what you can do to bring that fiery Beltane energy into your life. And we also hope on April 30th, you will join us for our gathering, which we do for all of the Sabbaths. It's free. It's online. You can come in your pajamas or however you want to. Um, check out our website for that. Yeah, I'm really excited for this bonus episode on Beltane and also to be able to celebrate it. And I think that's another reason why I love that we've started this podcast, because it's just another way of keeping our community informed about the differing offerings that are out there and the different ways that we can harness that energy that, that surrounds us each day. So make sure that you stick with us because this is one of many, many offerings. Um, you can subscribe to our email list for free goodies, such as our Moonbeams magazine. You can also hit the subscribe button and follow us on socials. We have Starlight Tea over on Facebook and Instagram, as well as of Starlight and Moonbeams, the page on Facebook and Instagram. Um, also, listeners would love to know what you think about this podcast. So please consider leaving a review or clicking on those stars and letting people know what you think. With that aside, let's dive straight into serving the tea. And this week, we're going to be talking about the elements, which continues our discussion of the last couple of weeks about energy. 
Uh, if you remember, we started talking about energy in general and how everything in the universe is created by one energy source. Then we discussed last week about how that one exhaled and created duality, the masculine and the feminine, yin and yang, positive and negative. And so from there, we have the elements. So Christy? So we go from a singular energy that split to create duality, and now each of those two split into again, which creates our four elements, the elemental energies. So the masculine, positive, or yang energy is divided into air and fire, and the feminine, or negative, or yin energy is divided into earth and water. And you see these elemental energies show up in all areas of magic, including astrology, the tarot, correspondences, creating an altar pretty much everything um, elemental energies involves. So it's, it's a pretty profound part of magic, but also how to use it in your art and in your life to create balance. And we'll be going into that. It'll, it can be confusing. So I'll start by giving my trick for remembering which element is what. So first we'll start with the masculine. If you remember from last week, the masculine, and we're not, ta- we're not talking about like, um, gender or uh, what's in your pants, between your legs, what you were born (laughs) with, any of that, we are just talking about we all have masculine and feminine energy. And everything does. Um, Everything that exists in the universe has both of those. Okay. So if you remember from last week, masculine projects, it moves forward, it takes action, it gets things done. So think of air and how the wind blows outward in a direction. Even in a hurricane, it projects. Fire blazes forward, is also actively moving and quite aggressive. And just going back to the hurricane or like a tornado, if this helps you, even though, yeah, they look circular, they rotate and everything, but they're still as a whole moving along. It's almost a linear. Now that linear may wobble a little bit um, because it's nature, (laughs) but it's still moves, you know, in a, a, it projects in a direction. So if that helps. Feminine energy, on the other hand, receives, which that should be easy to remember. It's often still, and when it moves, it's flowing. If there's no container, it just flows everywhere, just like water. Can create quite a mess, actually. (laughs) So you kind of want that (laughs) container. So the earth element isn't quite so obvious, but consider how the earth is still and how dirt needs to be held in a container or it will also spill out everywhere like water. And if that's not enough, simply think Mother Earth and you're immediately reminded that Earth is feminine energy. Hopefully that all made sense and those are easy ways for you to remember. Um, Air and fire are masculine, earth and water are feminine. So before we go into each element, when it comes to finding balance or healing your masculine and feminine, look to these elements. For example, if you find that you are crying a lot, you're feeling a lot of heavy emotions, it just feels like your emotions are taking over. Or maybe you don't feel motivated to tackle a project or a to-do list or to-da list, like I like to call it. You might be unbalanced too heavily in the feminine. And that can go two ways. It could be that you don't have enough feminine or it could be that you have too much. So you can consider bring in some masculine elements to help you return to center. Light a candle or a fire in the hearth or go outside. Uh, feel a wind in your hair and over your skin or listen to music, especially chimes. If you need more feminine, sit with Mother Nature, whether in the garden with your fingers in the dirt or by or in a body of water or take a bath. 
So those are just some ideas there. I love that you brought that up because it reminds me a lot of the advice that's given when someone is like, is, you know, when they say, I feel depressed, how many times are we told that the best way to overcome that or to move through that moment is to get up and get moving, that the best way to shake the blues is to do something that gets the heart pumping and our minds focused on a task. Uh, it makes a lot of sense in order to come back to that center again that we talked about to find that center, we need to shift to that opposite, stop moving that way. And it's the same when life starts feeling overwhelming and chaotic, take the time to simply pause and breathe, brings you back to center. And by remembering this, it can absolutely help us not to become stuck in that energy. And I know that's something that it's important for me to remember because I am someone who gets stuck and it makes a lot of sense when I get up and moving, even like with my grandson, I'll get up and dance around with him or we'll chase a balloon around the room. All of a sudden I feel more balanced, more myself, and I'm able to go do the things that I'm meant to. The same, you know, if you can imagine, I'm a grandma, I have multiple things going on and work going on and I can get very overwhelmed, very in my head and where I feel like I'm just all over the place. My family kind of knows what I need to do is I need to go into a quiet room, nice and dark, and just breathe and really um, soak up that feminine energy. Now I can see that that's what it is. You soak that in. It's just finding your way to where you feel more yourself and you're able to do things. And so I, this all totally resonates with me. And I can see the importance of doing it. And so yeah. I'm glad we're talking about it today because I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. You know, when we go from either one way or the other on that spectrum, we talked about how do we bring ourselves back and by focusing and remembering to use those elemental uh, energies can definitely make the difference between having a sucky day where we don't get anything done or, or being able to process and move through it and accomplish what we wanted to do. Right. And there's, you hear a lot about, we'll sit with the emotion and you do, what is meant by that is sitting in the emotion means do not suppress it. Do not pretend like it doesn't exist because what happens when you keep doing that, you're pushing that energy somewhere in your body and it starts to build up in your body. And then that comes back as an injury, as an illness, it'll come back, it physically manifests. And so when you sit in it and feel the emotion, you're letting the, the emotion's life kind of carry out its lifespan. And it's never as long as you you think it's going to be. Because once you sit there and you let it go, you're amazed at how quickly it actually does dissipate. But you can sometimes get stuck in the, that emotion. And yeah. that's what you don't want to do. You don't want to become a prisoner to it, to dwell into it, you know, to go too far deep. Um, where it's just affecting the rest of your life and yeah. your joy and doing things. So yeah, I when I learned this about elemental energy, and that's why I think it's so important to share it right at the beginning of our show, you know, the first few episodes, is it's it can be amazing medicine for whatever is going on. Um, I can get so caught up in, like you said, in you know the emotions of the day. But if I stop and pause and think about it, it's like, okay, I am too fiery right now, 
or I am too watery right now, too emotional. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But if you stop and think about it, then you know exactly what you need to do to counter that and get yourself back to a more even keel. Yeah, just remembering that emotions serve a purpose. Find out what that purpose is so that you can then move on. So yeah, I like that, Christy. I like that a lot. Okay, so let's dive deeper into each element. We'll start with air because air is associated with the eastern direction, which is dawn. The beginning of the day, the beginning of fresh starts. Okay, so sun dawns in the east, so associate east with air. And spring is the beginning. It's new birth and spring is the season that air rolls. Okay, so you're thinking of air as representing new beginnings, breathing life and light into the new. Air is all about our mental capacity and the thinking mind. So thoughts, ideas, vision, communication, understanding, beliefs, logic, these are all air elements. It's often associated with the upper chakras, the crown, the third eye, and the throat. And I just want to do a little side note here for the third eye and even the crown. I personally feel that air is more like the outer or surface areas of these chakras, which I'll explain in a bit when we get to the water element. But for now, I think of air as associated with our instinct that affects our immediate actions and with making the connection with the divine on an initial or high level. To go deeper with intuition in our spirituality, though, that is more water energy. And again, we'll get there in a few minutes. Let's see. In the tarot, air is represented by the swords. And you can remember this by thinking about swinging the sword and how the blade slices through the air. So when you see swords when working with the tarot, it's about thinking, logic, analysis, beliefs, what you see, how you communicate. So those cards are symbolizing more your mind and your thoughts and communication area. The air signs in astrology are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. And if you know any of these, you know that they are known for their thinking minds. So their thoughts, their ideas, their visions, communication, beliefs, values, they're very much about sharing those, about um, focusing on those. Um, And, you know, astrology is a lot more complex than your sun sign. So this applies to other planets in those signs. Um, hopefully we will have our resident astrologist on sometime who can, you know, help make more sense of that. But for now, just know that your air signs are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. So for your altar or when doing any other magical work, air can be represented by feathers, incense, a bell or chime, or an athame, a knife. And you want to make sure that you don't ignore it because air, I feel like, is one of those elements that can be easily forgotten. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm a Libra. And so that's my son, my son side Mm -hmm. um, as a Libra. So I was like, yeah, I like sharing what I think. I think also um, a fun thing to remember when you're wanting to incorporate uh, more air energy into your life is that you can also use color. And the color Mm -hmm. that represents air are purples and blues. And if you're finding that you need a little bit of air energy, maybe add a pop of color to what you're wearing, your workspace, and even to what you're eating or drinking. I like the idea of reminding myself by seeing these things. I'm a visual person. Think of animals that embrace air like birds and butterflies. Eagles so high above the sky, able to see. um, They have a very unique vantage point and perspective. And considering the air is about communication, it's about thought, 
it's about that using that kind of medicine in your your daily life in your ritual in your business in your your art can help you maybe see around a problem that you're having can help things flow a little better like for my author brand i have a butterfly on it and so mm. i'm like ooh, i'm adding the air elements into it you know which is good because it's all about reading and writing and i like that mm. kind of thing I love that. And um, it's funny because I just realized my author logo has feathers, it has wings, and uh, it's purple. So I have a lot of air in my author logo too. Didn't even think about that. <laughs> it's, it's funny how we subconsciously bring those things in, but I'm glad you brought that up, the colors and the animals, because both of them, they can be really good medicine, especially when you're in a, a weird place and you're like, well, I can't get outside in the wind or I don't have a feather really handy. You know, you can at least go internally and conjure up images of blues and purples or eagles and owls or, you know, however that works for you. So thank you for adding that. No worries. Next, we go south to the element of fire. And that should be easy to remember because at least in the northern hemisphere, where the farther south you go, the hotter it gets. So south is fire. It also makes sense that fire is equivalent to noon and summer when the sun is highest, brightest and hottest, right? So yep. think of fire as the peak, the middle, the high point. Fire is associated with action, passion, courage, power, and achievement. It's a solar plexus chakra, but I also feel like the sacral can be fiery because of passion and sexuality, creativity, and rebirth. It kind of depends on what you're doing with that sacral energy, which we'll get into in a moment when we get to water. In the tarot, fire is represented by wands, which is the suit of primal energy, which is like fire. Creativity, power, will, strength, ambition, expansion, which are all fiery energies. So remember in tarot, when wands are not small, thin sticks held between the fingers, but they're rather these large, thick staves that are wielded by two hands in battle and as a show of power. So hopefully that'll help you remember when you see the suit of wands, that's your fire and that has to do with your actual power, your inner power and your creativity. Fire signs in astrology are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, all of which are known for their power, will, strength, ambition, determination, and creative expression. If you are or you love an Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, you see this in them. <laughs> They're usually very out there, especially Leos. So, like I said, I'm not a typical Leo. You know, they want to be the center of the spotlight and they love putting themselves out there and Aries are very putting themselves out there in more of an independent and get after it victorious kind of thing. Aries is like um, the God of war basically. So that's what he's, what Aries is associated with. So that should be easy to remember too. And then for your altar or when doing other magical work, fire can be represented by a candle, a snake, salamander, scorpion, or something you burn, anything you burn. Um, I often will use my sage bundle as my fire element on my altar and my lighter because there they go. They're right there. <laughs> they need to be there anyways. And there's sometimes you can also use incense. Just something you said before, it reminded me of that saying, you know, there's a real fire in my belly, like mm -hmm. that determination, like I'm passionate about something. I love how without even knowing it's tied into the into the solar plexus, your your position of 
um, self-esteem and power and mm-hmm. authority and, and all of that. It's interesting where I like knowing where words come from and the origins of sayings. And it just, it makes me wonder if somewhere along the line, this came from a truth like this. Someone was wanting to pass down a truth about elemental energy. I don't know, food for thought. Mm-hmm. It's a little rabbit hole yeah. that I like to go down. When I think of what you can add to your daily life into your art and business color, like we talked before, for this element, I think it's pretty easy to remember because we've grown up using uh, reds and oranges whenever we describe fire. You know, we pull out those crayons to, to color fire and the sun. And so just know that that color also, it translates easily into foods that you can use, like peppers. Peppers add heat to our meals. It warms us from the inside. Um, That reminds me of ginger. Ginger is the same thing. If you're cold Mm -hmm. in the winter, you take some ginger, it heats you up. And so that's a a great fire food. I also think of oranges, like while they don't give us tangible heat like peppers, they remind me of the sun and that they're this incredible source of vitamin C, which is something that our bodies need to keep healthy and to fight sickness. Um, Mm -hmm. It heats that up. Something else you could use to bring fire energy into your life is scents. The types of smells that you use to find that center, to help inspire, to help create. Fire element has some really wonderful scents that you can use. The more spicy, the more exotic, the better. And popular ones that I feel are incorporated into a lot of things are amber and cinnamon which is that if you want to add that in too, if, you, if you're someone who can't, can't handle a lot of strong exotic type of smells, then add a little bit of cinnamon to your chai tea, that kind of things. You can add it to your oatmeal. Um, there's many different ways where you can incorporate uh, fire energy into your life, not just setting things on fire, which we strongly discourage, even though it's really pretty. Uh, we did um, speak for yourself I like to set things on fire but there I am I'm a Leah <laughs> no actually I actually think I might have some past life trauma with fire or something because especially with kids because I was always terrified of it as a kid yeah and for my kids um, I have three boys and so they always wanted to play with fire and it just terrified me but awesome. no um There's a lot of ways without actually um, having a fire if you can't have one. If you are going to set things on fire, please do it safely in a safe environment. (laughs) I just thought Um, we had to add that disclaimer. We're not responsible (laughs) for anything. And just this is something that I need reminder for, that if you're like me or us, we love um, candles. I love candles, smelling candles. I like watching the little flame flicker when I meditate. Just remember when you leave the room to turn it off, to blow it out. Um, yes, yes. Don't walk away. <laughs> I'm sorry, just a disclaimer. It's right there. So, okay, yeah. Grandma. <laughs> it's our grandma. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, I'm a grandma. You are a grandma. Uh, but back to cinnamon. I, I add cinnamon yeah. to my coffee every morning to help give that extra kick of something empowerment and that fiery energy that courage and yeah so I love adding cinnamon to my coffee and let me just add one more thing one little rabbit side note um I'm a psychology uh have a degree in psychology and one of my classes experimental psychology 
where we had to recreate a experiment. And one of the things was showing the power of scent and taste in memory. And talking about cinnamon, cinnamon is actually a really great way to remember things. So like if you've got something you got to remember, you got a presentation, you got a speech, you've got to remember a vast amount of stuff, you're at school. If you study and you do things and you're chewing cinnamon gum or the hot tamales or big red, whatever, it actually increases and it's proven to increase your ability to retain that information. Oh, so little shout out to our wonderful little herb spice uh, cinnamon out there doing yes. things to make life easiest for us. So yes, gotta love that cinnamon. Side note, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, so now we turn the wheel to the feminine side and into the water in the West. And so mm-hmm. to remember that, think of sunsets over the ocean to remember water is in the West, sunsets in the West, right? Also, that time when we slip from daylight to night. Uh, Remember from last week that feminine energy is considered the dark end, not as in bad versus good, but night versus day, inward versus outward. So it also makes sense that water is associated with fall energy when the peak of the growing is done and nature starts to prepare for sleep. So water is all about our emotions, our heart space, love and compassion. It's about healing our emotional wounds, going inward for reflection, as well as for inner wisdom, intuition, and psychic gifts. It's a flowing energy that teaches us to surrender to the flow of life and to release our hold onto things, especially those things we're trying too hard to control or we are gripping too hard. And by not letting go, we're unable to move forward. So um, water is really great for letting those things go in the currents of the river and the tides of the sea. So water is also lunar energy. And we all know how the moon affects the sea. Tides always higher at a full moon. Water is definitely associated with the heart and the sacral chakras, as well as the third eye. The heart is obvious because that is where we feel our emotions most intensely, right? So now Mm -hmm. we're going back to what I was saying earlier. The sacral is, like I said, it can be fiery because of passion and creativity. Creation comes from the sacral. Your sacral is like your womb space where you, you know, for women, you actually create life. But it's also watery because of the waters of the womb, the place where life is formed in the darkness. And then for the third eye, as I said earlier, air is connected with the third eye, but I feel that surface level third eye energy, like making a quick decision based on instinct, receiving a clairvoyant vision while going about your day, if that makes sense. It's the gifts of the third eye tied more to intellect than deep feeling when you're talking about air. Okay, so but when you're really going deep and accessing that ancient cellular level wisdom within you, the third eye is looking into the deep, deep waters of the inner sanctum for the truth and answers we seek. So that's why, you know, your third eye can be both water and air. Your sacral can be both water and fire. In the tarot, water is the, wait for it, the cup suit. Imagine that. (laughs) That has to be the easiest one to remember. So when you're working with tarot and cups comes up for you, remember that's focusing on your emotions, your heart, your feminine wisdom and knowing, relationships, um, anything you can think of, you know, that has to do with your emotional body. The water signs in astrology are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And if you are or know a Cancer or Pisces, you can understand how these signs are most powerful when it comes to emotions. 
Scorpio is not as obvious. Even some astrologists kind of debate whether it really is a water sign because it's a little bit of a fiery sign. But it is because Scorpio energy goes so far deep. And it's like going into the deepest depths of the ocean where the abysses are, you know, those really dark, deep parts where the fish have no color because they've never seen any sun, you know, (laughs) it's just that (laughs) far deep. And I know this because I'm a Scorpio moon. So you combine the moon (laughs) watery energy with the Scorpio and I can get pretty deep. So um, we're talking about diving way deep into those deepest, darkest areas of the sea of emotions for Scorpio. So that's how you can remember that. For your altar and other magic, water can be represented by a cup or a bowl, a cauldron, essential oils, seashells, or even sea glass, anything that reminds you of the ocean, the lake, the water, you you can put that on your altar, use it in your magical work. I have a container here that holds moon water on my altar. And so I, I found something interesting when I was looking up the colors related to water. Deep blue obviously wasn't a surprise because you think of the ocean, but black was a surprise. So deep blue and black are colors of water. But after listening to what you just shared about water energy moving from noon to night, it makes uh, better sense. And another thing I wanted to add was if you were like me and grew up believing that black represented evil and all things bad, it's important to realize that that just isn't true. Black is actually a really powerful color to incorporate into your magic because it's lunar and it's also a symbol of protection. So when you also think that this energy is about emotions and just like you said, Christy, uh, diving into the deepest parts of yourself, it does remind me of that the ocean and that the thing I love and that's the thing I love when you learn about energy and its origins and how it relates. We see it in nature and we've been surrounded by all these truths our whole lives. It's just not about learning something new. It's about opening up our awareness to see that we've always been a part of the truth. Like if you're, if you're looking for a reminder, just look outward. Nature teaches us just so much. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's all right there. It goes back to um, what I said in the very beginning, you know, follow the patterns of the universe, follow the patterns of earth, all of the answers are there and within and we we are armed with it. We just have to be aware of it, like you said. Okay, so now we turn to the north and the element of earth, which is the season of winter. Now, my mnemonic for remembering this is to think of the animals in the north who burrow into the earth for winter. For the time of day, it's midnight when the outer world is asleep and our our inner worlds come alive in our dreams. And that's, again, because to me, earth, winter, north, that can be a little less easy to remember when you think of it that way. Hopefully that makes sense to you. And so you can make those correspondences because the directions and the seasons, they are important to all of this. Okay. So earth energy is tied to the physical, what's in this actual 3D physical earth realm, including the physical body. It's peaceful energy where we find grounding and centering, safety, stability, and protection. So it's where we root down deep, burrowing down ourselves into the darkness where secrets hide and so do our shadows. It's also ancestral energy for the earth holds the wisdom of our ancestors who lived on these lands and whose bones are buried there. 
So earth energy is extremely important for manifesting because it's where you're bringing something created from thought, from the ether, into material form. Earth energy is unsurprisingly held in the root chakra, as well as the earth star chakra below our feet. So like trees, we stretch our root chakra into the earth and through the earth star to find grounding, centering, and stability. It anchors us to this world and reality so we don't fly away into the ethers or get lost in our daydreams and fantasies. In tarot, earth energy is represented by the pentacles or coin suit. And you can remember this by remembering that money, which the pentacles and coins look like, only exists in the material 3D physical earth realm. So when this suit comes up in your readings, it's about your physical reality, such as finances, the home, material possessions, career, or physical health, um, anything that's you know material-based within this earth. The earth signs in astrology are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And if you know any of these sun signs, you know how down to earth they are. They are all about the home and physical comfort, structure, organization, and for Capricorn and Virgo, achievement. If you know those people, that will help you remember that they are earth, very earthy. <laughs> for your altar and other magic, you can represent earth with something from nature, such as a crystal or other rock, a pine cone, a leaf or plant, or something metal, um, like copper or gold or silver. This is another one that's not surprising when it comes to color that you can incorporate into your daily life and into your uh, ritual. I think of all the beautiful shades of green and the rich browns of the soil. Um, I think of grounding. And if you're finding that you need more type of this kind of energy, definitely bring this color into your surroundings. The types of foods you cook with can also help you tap into the grounding energy of earth. Things like carrots, potatoes, grains, rice. It's all those root vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, again, here we are again, nature just showing this is the way it is, follow nature. And I liked how you shared too, like earth is very grounding. And so when you find, if you find yourself getting anxious, if you find yourself starting to spiral, it's dropping down into those lower chakras. That's something that I actually learned from you, Christy is just dropping down, imagining yourself uh, rooting into the ground of being like a tree and, and letting your roots go down into the earth and just taking a deep breath. It's another great tool to have, uh, and a, to me, an, a nice way for you to use your imagination and meditate to bring that earth energy in, especially when you need it, especially when you're anxious or overwhelmed. It's a it's a pretty fast way to calm your system down, to calm your thoughts, calm your physical body. There's a reason why they tell you to get out in nature um, when you are feeling anxious like that. When you're caught up in your mind, get out in nature and actually put your feet in the grass. You think of how much concrete and asphalt and then even the rubber from your shoes or wood or whatever the soles of your shoes are. There's so many layers between you and the earth, when you remove those and you're actually in the earth, put your feet in the earth or put your hands down on the ground at least, um, that is an immediate relief to those upper chakra, high anxiety, spiraling out thoughts. So yeah, I find it interesting that a lot of our comfort foods, potatoes and, you know, the carbs that those are yeah. earth. <laughs> 
related foods, really. That, there's, you know, kind of an aha right there for me that I hadn't thought of before. Maybe I had and I, it just clicked again. But um, yeah, there's a reason why they are comfort foods. <laughs> Okay, so those are the four directions, but we're not quite done with the elements. There is a fifth one, and if you've seen the movie The Fifth Element, you know that, <laughs> which is one of my favorite movies. The fifth element is arguably the most important. This is the element of spirit, or sometimes called ether or the akash. This element is not of this world, but at the same time, it exists in everything of this world. So while the other elements are divisions of duality, of the masculine and feminine, yin and yang, positive and negative, spirit is the energy of the one. It's the energy that brings everything else together, that amplifies the others, that gives it all life. It's the energy you open yourself up to so it flows through you and into your magic and your art. And while it's not represented in the four directions or in the tarot or astrological signs, it's woven like I imagine like a golden thread throughout all of them. I personally feel like calling in this energy into ourselves is how the real magic happens. And when I say the magic is in you, I'm referring to that energy of spirit, which is in you, whether you call it God, goddess, love, the universe, the one, the all-knowing, divine source, mother Gaia, or simply life force, whatever you call it, it's in you. It's in everything. And so that's your spirit energy. It, spirit is associated with your crown and your soul star chakras. Your crown opens up your channel to receive the energy of the divine spirit. And the soul star is a little higher above your head and is like the gateway between the divine and the physical, connecting it to the crown and the rest of your energy body. For your altar and other magic, you can represent spirit with a cross, an ankh, another spiritual symbol, a clear quartz crystal, or other crown chakra crystal. It's usually placed in the center of the circle or altar. And that's interesting too, like the center of the circle altar. And when you think about your uh, crystal grids, usually it's a clear crystal that, that's the magnifier, the magnifier of all the energy that's surrounded by mm -hmm. the other crystals. So I thought that was interesting. And another interesting thing that I I don't think I was aware of was that unlike the other four elements, the only thing that's associated with the spirit element is color. And that's white, which is beautiful because white comprises all of the colors. Spirit mm -hmm. doesn't have an associated gender, doesn't have an energy type or season or cardinal direction. Um, it's associated with the entire wheel of the year, which we'll discuss later and all magical tools. So it encompasses all of it. And mm -hmm. so, like I said, I'd like to think that it's the magnifier. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. It is. Okay. So we've given some tips for how you can use the elements in practical everyday use, but here's some more. Personally, I like to call in the five elements every morning, awakening those energies within me to carry throughout the day. It helps me to feel more balanced and centered as I go through my day. And I definitely kind of feel a little wobbly if I forget to do that. So um, it's it's really easy. I just each morning I just kind of mentally look toward the east and say I call in the energy of, fit, of air. And then I look to the south. I call in the energy of fire. I call in the energy of water. I call in the energy of earth. And I call in the energy of spirit to thread through it all. Another thing which we kind of already talked about is when you're feeling out of balance, I connect to the energy that's off to the corresponding element. 
And so depending on the situation, I'll either bring more of that element in or it's opposite. For example, if I'm feeling a lot of anger and hot headedness or anxiety, getting out in nature and grounding into the earth provides the medicine I need. Or maybe I'm not feeling enough of my own power, so I need to bring more fire into my life with candles, the color of fire, hot peppers, or like we discussed, cinnamon. And if you've been struggling with the same issues and repeating patterns, consider what elemental energy might be showing up in those issues and patterns and which are missing. This might help you find solutions you hadn't noticed before. And just a little side note here that kind of applies to last week's discussion about duality and masculine and feminine is if you have a lot of injuries on one side of your body or in one area of your body, that can be very much associated to an imbalance of masculine and feminine or an imbalance in your chakras and your elements. So that's something to really consider. See, you know, (laughs) this is just one of the reasons why I love that we're doing this because I don't know about anyone else, but I personally learned so much just by, you know, listening and by us talking. And it kind of blows my mind that think about it, we each carry such a wealth of knowledge and understanding inside of us from the experiences that we've gone through and the lessons that we've learned through our our life. And the people who surround us, like our family and friends, they hold their own wealth of knowledge. And unless we're given a space where we can feel comfortable enough to share and where we feel safe enough to be, you know, just a little vulnerable we're pretty much cut ourselves off from all of these stories and what they are is their insights. And so I'm someone who struggles getting caught up in, like I said before, in repeat patterns. And I like to think that I'm pretty self-aware, but sometimes, you know, my perspective is limited by what I see and what I've experienced. So something as simple as what you just shared about identifying the elements and um, connecting them to what I'm feeling or to see what's missing and seeing if it holds the solution, that's, to me, that's a game changer in not just my life, but also in the way that I create. Um, it's, it's a way, and like you just shared also about the feminine and the masculine, all these things, they're just more tools that we can use to be better, to be happier, to, to create, to live and manifest the kind of life that we want. And so to me, it's all about finding our way back to that center. And I can see why understanding elements now, how they can play such an important role in our lives and how that can bring clarity. And so it, it, it's one of those aha moments where it really doesn't have to be as hard as we imagine. You know, we always think, oh, this is just so hard. I just can't do it. I'm just going to get stuck here. Oh, I can see how understanding this now prevents us from digging ourselves just that deeper it helps move us it ah I don't know it's like an aha moment for me like (laughs) I can definitely see how knowing this yeah can help us just be more creative it can help us just in so many different just so many different ways so yeah sorry I just (laughs) ah I just love it I love it I love it I love it yeah It's really good, insightful information. When you really start to integrate it, so much makes more sense. And you can understand your own life, your own behaviors, your own thought patterns, your own habits, whether they're good or bad, 
your own limiting beliefs, you know, you, you really start to understand and life just becomes a lot easier to figure out. Do you still have your ups and downs? Oh, of course, you're never going to get yeah. rid of those. That's what we're here for is to experience those. But you can make more sense of it and figure it out and work through it faster and easier and with less emotional pain. So yeah, I, and I, less I, crisis too, less trauma. Instead of instead of carrying that trauma, that crisis, those those emotions and and limited beliefs. Instead of carrying it with you, you're able to address it, look at it, and leave it where it is. Grateful for the lesson and move on. And I think it's a game changer, definitely yeah. a game changer. It is. And here's another way um, that it. this was all a game changer for me, going back to astrology and learning your birth chart and how the elements, how they're represented in your birth chart, because a lot of people are very imbalanced. Mars, Venus, especially Venus and Mercury, they move so quickly. And so all of those are usually pretty close to the sun. So a lot, it's very easy for all of them to be in the same sun sign or for all of them to be um, right before, right after your sun sign. So you can be very heavy in elements. It's very easy for that to happen in a birth chart. So if you are, you know, overly emotional or you feel like maybe you are, or maybe you have a hard time crying, maybe you have a hard time processing emotions because you just hide them. Then you can see if you have an imbalance in your birth chart and see what elements are missing and bring more of those into your life. And you can do that through the examples we've given and also just through people who represent those other elements. And a lot of times we're really blessed. And I say we're blessed, but my beliefs is that we actually chose this before we were even born, that the people who come into our lives are the balancing element. You know, a lot of times, you know, we end up marrying or our kids are the balancing element or they are something that teaches us what we need to know. So, but that's something to look at in your chart um, because it really does, it helps you make so much more sense of what's going on behind the scenes and where you can find your, your answers, your medicine. Okay. And then one more thing I wanted to bring up for like practical use is when creating and whether you're writing or painting or whatever your art is, consider how you can bring in all the elements to add more layers to your work. So as a writer, and I'm sure you do this too, Belinda, um, mm-hmm. a good writer will try to touch all five senses in a scene description. You, know, you don't just word vomit those, but you know you try to weave all five senses in so that your scene is more robust and lifelike because in real life, all five senses are activated at any given time. And so I propose that you try to incorporate as many of the elements as possible. Or maybe you want it to be a tear-jerking scene or an image (laughs) that plays the heartstrings. Then you'll want to have an imbalance in that scene. So add in more water and less air or fire symbolism. So that's just something to consider when you're writing or painting or drawing or whatever your art is, is, you know, consider the elements and what you want to create. I love that. Well, this is a great discussion. I... I know I learn a lot from it and it'll be interesting just to see as we go further on, just to see how these things pop up and reminders and how we can use them in our art. And so before we leave, we like to always end with starbursts. So Christy, what starburst are you going to share today? 
I am taking a page from your book when you starbursted a favorite card deck last week. So one of my favorites is The Mythical Goddess Tarot by Sage Holloway and Catherine Skaggs. And I love this deck because it follows the traditional tarot structure. And we'll have an episode sometime maybe about tarot and Oracle and what's the difference. And then we also have guests who will be coming on who, who create tarot cards. And so I'm really excited about that. So the thing about tarot is they do follow a specific structure. There's a major arcana and then the suits, which we talked about with the elements. And so the mythical goddess tarot has the major arcana, but all of the archetypes in that are represented by goddesses. And then all of the suits are very feminine related. So even your fire and your air suits come back to the, your feminine energy, your goddess energy. And so I, I really love this deck. It's been coming up for a lot for me lately. I kind of intuitively pick my decks every morning to do my morning card draw. And that one's been calling me a lot lately. I love that one. So you can get it on Amazon or your local metaphysical shop. Again, it's Mythical Goddess Tarot, and I'll drop the title in our episode notes. Hmm, I don't think I have that deck, so I'm going to have to go <laughs> and check it out because I like that. I like that it, the sound of it. I love it. I love the imagery, too. And so, See, yeah. I'm a big imagery person. Like, that's what draws me in first is whether I connect to the, the illustration and the drawing and the design. And yeah. so, yeah. So, what's your starba- starburst this week, Belinda? I was a little stumped uh, what I wanted to share. And then I looked about my office and at my altar, and I thought, you know, adding magic to your life doesn't have to be expensive, like getting all the different tools and things like that. Do it. There's no. Uh, when I first started, I, I wondered if there was, and you can go on and look, but I wanted a big master list of items of you need this, you need this, you need this it, to harness the energy. And so looking around at my my own altar, I want to say that I want a Starburst Dollar Tree. Or <laughs> 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 oh, any kind of dollar store that you locally have or like Goodwill or something like that. There, there's some staples that you have for magical tools like candles, incense, lighters, bottles and glasswares that you can put offerings in, that you can store your herbs, that you can store water. Like I have a little bottle with a stopper that has my moon water. I have like a little, it's a wax burner that I that I put my... Um, my favorite oil blend in when I'm wanting to be creative and all these things came from the dollar store so that it frees up for things that I, that you do want to spend a little bit more money on. That's okay. And so don't be afraid. Don't think that it, it, it means you're lacking or it's not as powerful by going and checking out your local dollar store or Goodwill. Like I, you can find candlesticks that I have a candlestick here that's holding my rose quartz sphere. Yeah, you can find statues. You don't have to, to pay a lot of money to do that because like the message that we share is you're the magic, you're, you're the container, you're the one that, that has it. Everything that you should enhance, enhance that power that's inside you. So yeah, start bursting uh, the dollar store. Because that's how I roll. I love it. I love that. <laughs> it frees up money for crystals. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and I'm just, I just want to add to that though, is no matter where you get your tools, your candles, whatever you're using, just cleanse them somehow, either yeah. with smoke or sound or something, especially if you're getting it from a goodwill or something, you just want to clear out any energy that those items have gone through, even in just in transportation. I clean it if I, if I can, like I, I like if it's a glass thing, I'll smoke it. I have a sound ball, so I'll, I'll give a few dings i yeah. tap it i breathe into it yeah so yeah don't forget to clean it if it's if it's from goodwill that's just good energy hygiene okay so thank you so much for joining us for this cuppa please come back next wednesday when we'll be serving the tea on the wheel of the year expanding on the energy of the seasons and discussing the Sabbaths. You can find Starlight Tea on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Player FM. And don't forget, we also have our bonus episode for Beltane coming up on May 1st. Excellent. So in the meantime, be sure to follow us at Starlight Tea Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you have any questions or a topic suggestion, feel free to DM us or email at hello at starlightteapodcast.com. We hope you'll join us next week. And in the meantime, remember to keep your teacup overflowing so you can serve from the saucer. Now go make some magic. <laughs>